0: Welcome to Cyber Career Chat, the podcast supporting innovation in the fast-paced world of cybersecurity. Join us as we explore the exciting career paths and opportunities available and keep up with industry developments in Australia and around the world. Cyber Career Chat is brought to you by the Workforce Development Team at the New South Wales Cybersecurity Innovation Node and proudly produced and supported by the Experts on Air Podcast Network.
1: Today we have Georgia Turnham. She studied at Macquarie University where she gained her Bachelor of Security Studies, security traditional and non-traditional threats. Georgia was part of a team at Project Everest Ventures working in Malawi, Africa for the Hidden Hunger Project, which was based around providing an accessible digital information system to inform rural communities about what crops to grow locally and ensure a complete diet with the aim to integrate this approach on a community level, which was guided by the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. She's now a Cybersecurity Advisor at Trustwave and volunteers with the New South Wales Cybersecurity Innovation Node as an ambassador who is quite passionate and provides her expertise and knowledge for interested cyber professionals. Welcome, Georgia, to today's session with cyber career chat um can you tell me what is meant by pushing the boundaries and the future of cyber
2: hey sarah so i think that's a really good question um when it comes to pushing the boundaries i don't think you actually need to limit that to just the cyber industry um i think that basically i mean if we've seen anything in the last eight months it's the the future of cyber is so dynamic and so changing and there's kind of no end to what we can achieve when we actually put our mind to it. So we've crammed like five years worth of digital development and cyber uplift and crammed that into about five months. So I think that when we need to um, and when we actually really It comes to crunch time and we have to push the boundaries i think the future of cyber is not limited at all um and i think that also means we're going to find new ways that we can reach out and connect and new platforms that different business processes and different communications are going to be taking place on um and i think like i mean it's such a huge topic and I don't really know how to narrow in on it but I think you can do that you can push the boundaries and kind of shape the future of cyber on a personal level and you can also do it on you know an industry level or you know through an organization I think on a personal level pushing the boundaries and kind of that extending into where you go in your own future with cybersecurity could be made or just started by doing the simplest of things now. So it could be kind of getting yourself more aware with how the different ways that your life interconnects and intertwines with technology and the different implications this has for your own security. So that could be such as, driving a smart car which we're all looking to do mm. and we're all moving towards and how every time you get in a smart car there's going to be cyber security implications for you but it could also be something like within your own organization changing the old processes and putting in place something innovative and uncharted in terms of you know, communication. So you might move from doing only emails to pushing the boundary and doing, you know, Zoom calls every morning with Slack updates throughout the day. So I think, I mean, it's a huge question, but I think you could push the boundaries both in your own personal Mm -hmm. growth and level, and you can also push the boundaries, you know, in the way you conduct business and how business conducts operations. And all of this is going to have different implications on the future direction that you end up taking with cyber security.
1: It is a very big question to start mm. with. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So tell me, when is the first time that you knew that you wanted to have a career in cyber and what struggles did you endure trying to get there, if you had any at all? I think the first time I knew I wanted a career in cyber
2: was when I was already in cyber. I didn't really... There are a couple of career paths that I was looking at taking. Um, I mean, in year 10, I did nursing work experience. And then by the time I got to year 12, I'd looked at doing joining the police force and then by the time I got to university, I was doing a Securities and Intelligence course. And it wasn't something that I actually knew specifically. I want to do cyber. I went along to a networking event and it just happened to be a cyber security networking event.
1: Uh-huh.
2: And it was a networking event that I kind of saw the different. Companies in the different um, ways cybersecurity kind of manifested as career, yeah. and I kind of saw. I was like, "Wow, that could be really interesting." And I think I kind of convinced myself, almost like, you know, I'm here at this event; you must want to be doing cyber. Uh-huh. But then, you know, I got to know the people, and I got to know a couple of the different companies, and then once I landed my first. My, my job in cybersecurity is a GRC consultant and I actually got my teeth into the projects that we we're doing. So we're doing risk assessments and, you know, uh, security uplifts and policy uplifts. It was only kind of a couple of projects in that I kind of realized like, this is a really interesting, relevant current thing that, you know, I kind of want to continue to pursue. And I guess in saying that, the first struggle that I endured was thinking that I would have to have a predefined career path. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've been to New York on a United Nations and politics kind of leg of my trip, if you will. I've been to Africa and focused on human security and how cyber it could intertwine into that. And I've also, you know, had a look the different ways cyber goes into private and, um, and government. And it's just, it, I, I guess my biggest trouble was working out where I fit into all of it. Um, and one of the things that I had done was in the work that I was doing, for example, in Africa where I was on the ground at the grassroots, the changes in the security things I was putting in place and practice and researching and all of that, I could immediately see the outcome. And so the improvement or the uplift in capabilities, whether that was for the community in terms of health outcomes, or whether that was in terms of technological penetration of devices and the use of those in the community. And then I struggled coming back and doing things at the higher, you know, C-suite executive level because all of a sudden I wasn't seeing the same impact that I was seeing at the grassroots at the high level. So it was quite hard for me for a while to, I guess, just like come to terms with the fact that sometimes the change I want to make isn't, going to be as evident as I wish it was, but in saying that I have, you know, I realise that the things you put in place at the organisation level and the executive level, that all actually impacts on the outcomes of your own community and the way that the community is able to respond and handle cyber security issues that way. So Mm. I've made the connection back to you, know, you are making an impact and you're impacting positively in this way. It's just not the
1: way that I expected it to. And um, I guess a question as well. Are you more on the technical side or the non-technical side of cyber? Oh, this is going to be embarrassing to admit on a podcast, but I <laughs>
2: myself out of my own laptop. So I would definitely lean towards not technical, but it is an... I think that's one of the biggest struggles I have. As soon as I say, oh, I do cybersecurity, someone's like, oh, so you could hack into my account. I'm like, no, I couldn't. But, I mean, I can direct you to some guys that can. Uh Um, So it's another struggle is like just because you work in cybersecurity doesn't mean you're a technical person. You've got proficiencies in policy creation or, you know, legal roles or marketing roles, and those are all, Cybersecurity jobs as well. It's yeah. just not as recognised as your ethical hacker or your penetration tester. So I kind of struggled a bit with reconciling myself with admit or thinking that I was part of this cybersecurity industry community when I didn't have the technical skills.
0: Mm.
1: And I, I suppose. Um, Great segue for that is um, hackathons (laughs) and capture the flag events. Um, I know that perhaps you have participated in some of those events previously. And um, is that something that has also helped you cement the idea that you wanted to uh, pursue this career even further and to say, hey, yes, this this is where I need to be right now? So in the way of um,
2: hackathons and codathons, I think I did my first one and it was an ASEAN, I always butcher the name, but ASEAN. And ASEAN? AUSTRAC, yeah, ASEAN. Um, ASEAN. Financial Tech Codaphon. And it involved, like, concepts that were completely foreign to me and I honestly, to be brutally honest, felt way out of my depth so I think my first hackathon kind of threw me a little bit and I was a little bit unsure about whether I even belonged in the industry. Um, so I think it's really important that when you're looking at different hackathons and things like that, um, don't, like, like take them with a grain of salt because the next event that I actually participated in was the, and that was volunteering in the national missing persons hackathon which is
1: here's a plug coming up no well that actually happened so that happened yesterday which you were a judge of it was and it and we can't give too
2: much away (laughs) right now no no but there was a huge difference in that compared to my first hackathon so they were targeting completely different topics and i always thought that you know capture the flags after my first experience i just thought capture the flags, involves blockchain, involves skills, and I don't have any of that, so it's not going to be. And then actually taking part in the Missing Persons one, you know, it appealed to that kind of intelligence analyst, that kind of open source information Uh pathway and, again, connected back to me being able to see the impact and, you know, the way it was benefiting families. Mm. So hackathons and codathons are a bit of a beast to me, but I think there are topics and because they cover so many topics, I think there's always going to be one that will probably throw you for a lurch and make you feel a bit out of like a duck out of water. But I also Mm -hmm. think there's going to be some that really apply to you and what you're trying to look at getting at and your interests in the industry. And that's actually going to spur you on further.
1: And I guess the other thing is, so I guess, you know, you say you're a duck out of water and it wasn't really your forte, but what are some of the things that you did learn by even going to that? You knew, did you even know anybody at the missing person, the National Missing Persons Hackathon last year? So were you, did you know anyone there? Or did you just go in and say, hey, this sounds like a great thing. I'm going to give it a go way out of my depth, but hey, I need to learn now. Pretty much
2: exactly that. I knew no one. I didn't even know the university campus it was being held on. I got lost <laughs> on of there. It's a big um, university. It is a big university. But I went in and met everyone as I was doing the volunteer role and everyone I met kind of I just connected with and it's such a good community feeling. Like they all had this wealth of knowledge that I didn't have but they didn't make me feel any less of a member of the community that's awesome. Because of it, it was, it was really nice to kind of network with the, the people in the industry and kind of work together and yeah. have them teach me and have it
1: contribute to an outcome that was greater than all of us. So tell me, I know I'm looking at the time thinking, oh, my goodness, this will certainly go a lot longer. But um, was it vibrant? Was it exciting? Or was it like super-duper boring and you'll never do it again? Oh,
2: well, I mean, I'm here for a second year. Yeah, um, there you go. No, it really, it was so exciting. And even now I get a buzz being able to kind of talk to people about not just the hackathon and, you know, coathons in general, but I get a buzz being able to connect with something that means, like, that's so interesting and something that I'm passionate about every day and being able yeah. to help others and whether they know more or, or even learn from others. Like yeah. I have a couple of role models in the industry and I just look up to them. They have so much information, knowledge and just experience that is really inspiring. And I kind of get like a little warm, fuzzy feeling every time I find a passion or an interest or a niche and I am able
1: to work on it and hone on it
2: and
1: do that as part of my everyday job. And I think now you are going to start to be that person that people come to you for the advice and for the support. So I think you've grown for sure in this.
0: 100%.
1: 100%. And going on that, congratulations on your ASA nomination. Um, Tell tell us, what were you nominated for? Uh, So I was nominated
2: as an ASA or as the... ASA Cybersecurity Rising Star of the Year, and I was not expecting it at all. Um, One of my colleagues nominated me, and out of the blue I was suddenly in the running for this award, and I looked at it and was like I was in a category of people who have have been recognised for this commitment to the industry, and, like, I never saw what I was doing and all the different projects I was taking on and different things I was learning and putting my hand up for. I never did that because I wanted to be recognized. I did that because I just wanted to learn and I just wanted to kind of be able to help other people and apply myself and challenge myself in ways I didn't think I could and see, and just, I guess, linking back to the first question just push the boundary and see where I could take myself personally. But
1: yep. also contribute to a society and a community. Fantastic! Well, congratulations on your ACE nomination. I 100 percent back you for that because the amount of work and uh, volunteered work I should also mention that you do here at the New South Wales Cybersecurity Innovation Node is just yeah above and beyond. So oh, yeah, I'd like yeah. to say thank you very much for that, and um, thank you for being here today and sharing your you know your precious time to um, be a part of this podcast and, um, yeah, we look forward to the future with you.
2: I look forward to the future with you too and I'll do it anytime and in a heartbeat because I think this platform is just so good for people starting out or, yeah, I just think it's such a good platform, community and just voice in, especially for young people and cyber today yeah definitely a big growing industry that's for sure oh yeah and you guys I just want to say thanks to you guys because without you guys i wouldn't you know i wouldn't be as confident or as i guess well versed as i am now and i kind of feel that you guys have given me the platform as an ambassador to be my own industry champion
1: <laughs> you're amazing well thank you so much.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to Cyber Career Chat, the podcast supporting innovation and opportunities in cybersecurity. You can listen to other episodes and access show notes and other resources mentioned on this podcast on our website at NewSouthWalesCyn.com.au. That's nsw cybersecurity innovation node.com.au. Cyber Career Chat is brought to you by the New South Wales Cybersecurity Innovation Node and proudly produced and supported by the Experts On Air podcast network.